My name is Michelle and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to the Madison, Wisconsin branch school. This is a school and not a church and neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. This Madison branch was established in 1987. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is a title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it's an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, 
What was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern and a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional aims and objectives of the Institute are as follows. First, help you find and know, help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which is once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Tenth, to inherit eternal life now, in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of mortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. Our scripture this evening will be Malachi, the first chapter, if that could please be read by Dr. Andrea Volpe from the Oceanside, California branch. And if we could start with a prayer by Dr. David Klopach from the Madison, Wisconsin branch. Thank you. Let's all bow our hearts and minds to Yahshua. Thanks, Yahshua, for letting us all come together tonight to learn more about you, about your purpose. We appreciate everything, all the knowledge that you've given us over the years about you. With that, let's all say hallelujah. 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 I'm sorry, what chapter in Malachi was it? One. Okay, Malachi chapter one, page 811, if anybody's got a Zondervan. The burden of the word of Yahweh to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith Yahweh. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? 
Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith Yahweh, yet I love Jacob. And I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith Yahweh of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom Yahweh hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and you shall say, Yahweh will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith Yahweh of hosts unto you, O priests that despise my name. And ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar. And ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? And that ye say, The table of Yahweh is contemptible. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. He will be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith Yahweh of hosts. And now I pray you, beseech Elohim that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons? saith Yahweh of hosts, who was there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith Yahweh of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered upon my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith Yahweh of hosts. But you have profaned it, in that you say, the table of Yahweh is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. You said also, Behold, what weariness is it? And you have snuffed at it, saith Yahweh of hosts. And you brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus you brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith Yahweh? But cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock a male, and voweth, and sacrificeth unto Yahweh a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith Yahweh of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. That was Malachi chapter 1. Thank you, Andrea, and thank you, David.
Our scripture readers this evening will please be Andrea and also Dr. Gail Josephson from the Green Bay Branch. I'd like to welcome everyone to class tonight. We're glad you could attend. We are streaming live to YouTube and we will start with a three speaker format with each speaker having approximately 35 minutes. Our first speaker this evening will please be Dr. Michael Josephson, president of the Green Bay Branch School. Hello. Hello. Well, this scripture reading is not very happy. Um, Yahweh's not happy with Israel. And it kind of kind of spells it all out here. Um, why don't we just pick it up at one? We'll try to work with it. Malachi chapter one. And the burden of the word of Yahweh to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith Yahweh, yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith Yahweh? Or was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith Yahweh, yet I loved Jacob. And I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Now, I knew that it says in the book that he loved Jacob but hated Esau, but I never knew that it was in Malachi. Neither did Gail. We both kind of mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Three. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith Yahweh of hosts, they shall build, but I will throw down, and they shall call them the border of wickedness, and the people against whom Yahweh hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and you shall say, Yahweh will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, saith Yahweh of hosts, unto you, O priest that despise my name? And you say, wherein have we despised thy name? Um, I, I kind of hesitate to say this, but it's the truth, so I will. Um, at the beginning of the book, Yahweh worked with Israel and, and Israel kind of turned their back on him. And now at the end of the age, you know, we were down at this class and uh, the people don't honor Yahweh's name. Not the, not the IDMR like it used to be. Um, they, they get up uh, at meetings and say prayers to Kinley. And uh, Dr. Kinley clearly said that there's no salvation in his name. But that doesn't matter. They keep doing it, even though that's pointed out to them. Keep going. Seven. You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, 
and you say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say, the table of Yahweh is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? So, you know, we're back in the book again. Um, let's get it in uh, Exodus, the 12th chapter. Where it talks about offering a, a sacrifice unto Yahweh or, a, or something that's proper for him. Mm -hmm. Um, 12 and 5, maybe. Um, sure. Exodus 12 and 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. He shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Now, it says quite clearly there, your, your lamb shall be without blemish, right? But yet, in Malachi, it's saying... You offer blind, lame, sick offerings. You know, that's, that's not according to what Yahweh asked. Keep going. Am I okay? Yeah. I'm sorry. Nine? Wherever you were left off. Um, eight. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith Yahweh of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech Yahweh that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith Yahweh of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on mine altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith Yahweh of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. How about we go to um, where Nadab and Abihu offered strange incense? Do you know where that is? Mm -hmm. Is that in Deuteronomy or Numbers or? Maybe Leviticus 10? I don't know. I don't know. Leviticus 10 starts start, start at 1, saying they offered strange incense. So start there. Leviticus 10 at 1. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before Yahweh, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from Yahweh and devoured them, and they died before Yahweh. So Yahweh was not pleased with them because... He had a very particular way that he wanted to be worshipped and, and how he wanted incense burned. And they were not doing it the way that he asked. And uh, they paid the price. Um, keep going, Gail, in the scripture reading there. Malachi. 
11. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. Wait a minute. It should be Israel, shouldn't it? It says Gentiles. Okay, keep going. And in every place, incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith Yahweh of hosts. And it's now it's talking about the heathen. Um, how about that wedding feast we got a couple of weeks ago? You know where that is? Mm. We're about the clothes? Yes. Do you know where that is, Andrea, with the garments? Um, give me another word out of what you're looking for, and I can um, try to pull it. Wedding feast. And he called them from the highways, maybe? I think it's in Matthew. That's a good guess, because most of the parables are in Matthew. Uh, Matthew 22? That's it. All right, you want to start right at one? Um, let's see. It's one through 14 is where the marriage feast is in there. So let's get that started at one, good. All right, Matthew 22 and one. And Yahshua answered and spoke unto them again by parables and said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. And you know said, I'm sorry, Andrea. Um, Yahweh has a lot of parables about a king and a lot of parables about feasts. Um, but they all kind of have the same kind of ending. Keep, keep going. Three, and sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Okay, so he sends out invitations and the people don't come. Okay, keep going. Four, again, he sent forth other servants saying, tell them which are bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Okay, so... This is a this is a parable, and it's talking about it's talking about Yahweh, and it's talking about the kingdom, and it's talking about the end times, and uh, he's prepared this feast for for his for his his followers, and they don't want to come. Keep going. Five. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. You know, and that's, it's kind of, it's kind of like today, you know, it's the, I mean, we, we just want to preach the gospel and we, you know, we, we we're having trouble even doing that because what people they, they 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 try to thwart us, you know, the people, the people that were are supposed to be on our side. 
Keep going. Seven. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Okay. Um, I, I didn't really point it out, but, you know, these people, they, they, he, he sent out messengers just to tell his people to come to his feast. And they ignored him. They treated him spitefully and they killed them just, just because they had the message. That's, that's pretty sad. Keep going. Eight. Then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid them to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they had found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. And he said unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Okay, now you, you might look at this and go, well, wow, he was pretty, he's pretty hardcore with that poor guy. But um, if, if you know something about the tale, um, and I don't know where to, I, I could probably look up later and, sh and show you, but when, when when it's talking about a wedding garment, it, it, that that was provided by the by the uh, by the king, and all the guy had to do was wear it and come, you know. And I, I look at this; it's um, he, he's called people off the street. You know, it's kind of like us at the end here. There's really nobody that deserves this at all. Nobody. And uh, the least we can do is, uh, is accept the clothes that he gives us to wear. That, that's his righteousness. Um, is there something about it? Of, Clothing being righteous somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, well, there's armor. Okay, well, we'll take, we'll get this, that. Get that. This is the woman. Keeping woman close to the sun. Yeah. Want the armor? Whatever. Either one. The armor's in Ephesians. Oh, okay. You got it, Andrea? Um, I gotta get over there, but I know where it is because it's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. it's Ephesians 6 and 10 mm -hmm. Ephesians 6 and 10 finally my brethren be strong in Yahweh and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of Yahweh that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil see not only is 
the the clothes the clothing or the armor proper it can protect you you know so why wouldn't you wear it keep going 12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places see and i think that spiritual wickedness in high places it starts with us with the with the wickedness in our in our head that has to be cast down right, keep going 13 wherefore take unto you the whole armor of yahweh that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of Yahweh, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all sons. So Andrea, is this, is this armor? Is this what you bring to the table? Is it yours? No. It's from Yahweh, mm -hmm. and it's, go, go back to where you were talking about the individual things, and we'll just try to highlight that a little bit. Um, did you start with a helmet, or did it go before that even? Um, 14. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. See, it's, it's his righteousness. It's his truth. It's, it's standing up in this gospel. It, it's, it's doing what's proper. And it's, it's just, you know, it's, I'm telling you, I, I've been in this class a long time. And I know what's proper. I've been taught it day in, day out. See, keep going. 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. Above See. all, oops, sorry. Go ahead. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Okay. And we know that it's not blind faith. You know, who wants blind faith? You know, we know that faith is the substance of things hoped for. See, it's, it's real. It's something we can hold on to. It's, you know, we, we have to have the witnesses. We have to have... This gospel, it just, it's got to be second nature with us. Is there any more, Andrea? Yep. 17. 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of Yahweh. Okay. Um, back in the scripture reading, Gail, where it was talking about the, the sun on earth. Is that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Um, that's Malachi 1 and 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith Yahweh of hosts unto you, O priests, that despise my name. See, we, we, we should be hanging on to that name at this point in the game with all of our, all of our strengths. Um, Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Is it Deuteronomy? Yeah. This is the Shema. This is what the, this is what the Jews put on their door in their, what do they call that thing? The mezuzah. Okay, go, go ahead and read it. Deuteronomy yeah. 6 and 4. Yeah. Here, O Israel, Yahweh our Elohim is one Elohim. Uh-huh. And thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt See? teach them. Go ahead. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and while thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Okay, so this is, you know, in the Jews, they, they just, they, they just took this and ran with it. This is where they, they go, where, where is this? Read that last part again, Andrea. Um, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. You know, what the Jews do, they, they take this and they run with it. They, 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 they have these prayer things. They, they put them on their forehead and they bind them on their arms and it's and it's all the scriptures but it's not it's it's following it to the it's not what, what's um in them Roman, romans um is it the second chapter at the end about just uh, oh, what a true jew is yeah. romans 28 two, Two and twenty-eight. For he is not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit and not in the letter. See, we are the true Jews now, but we're not after a letter like the Jews of old were. 
with all these physical ways of worshiping Yahweh, is, you know, and, you know, I, I got to be honest, you know, Dennis kind of laid it all out last night in Green Bay, and uh, I just kind of have to take it to heart. We, we don't have a lot of time to be messing around. Um, I mean, look at this. Look at this plague that we were, are in. A plague that deals with people dying because they can't get a breath. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's scary stuff. Um, we, you know, it, it's just not, it's not time to be trifling with the creator. It, it, there's, there's no time for messing around anymore. Um, it, it really, it really, you know, we have to, we have to be honest with ourselves. Is that in the book somewhere? Mm -hmm. the honest mm -hmm. with ourselves, honest with. with yep. Keep your mind on him. Yeah, that's good. I don't know where that is. It was mine to stay on V. Is that what the okay. scripture is? They say 26 and 3. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. See, well, the truth of the matter is we... we you know, we're, we're down to the end of the age. We have to figure out for ourselves what's right and hold on to that with, for, with everything. You know, it's not a matter of being able to be a great speaker and say all kinds of fancy words. You know, it's not about talk. It's about put up or shut up, you know? Um, and you know, maybe I, maybe I, I'm in the wrong place here. I, I, I'm the first speaker, and I'm talking about all this doom and gloom. But that's what was in the scripture. I was just going with that. Um, Hallelujah. So uh, thanks for the time. Put me up. Thank you. Our next speaker this evening will please be Dr. Steve Daniel, Dean of the Madison, Wisconsin branch. I didn't get time to put it in the chat. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Mike, Mike was abrupt, but uh, that's, as, that's as angry as Mike gets. <laughs> and it was uh, a pleasure to listen to it all, Mike. I just want to tell you that I, I loved everything you said, and it was all pertinent to the times and, and right on, buddy. Um, yeah, this Malachi thing and some of the classes from uh, 
the Oceanside Saturday night and uh, Green Bay last night and tonight. Uh, we've kind of been picking on the, the priests and, and some of the things and we're correlating that how the priests were corrupt. So are we down at the end of the age at headquarters and I don't take that back from anybody. It's just what they do. They're, you know, mirroring what happened at the end of the age, just like Malachi's warning the people. Um, let's see. Um, I want to go to that parable that Mike got about the wedding feast, because uh, it occurred to me something about that. And what was that, Matthew something, 22? 22. 22. Okay, can you start there, uh, Andrea? At one again, I want to pick up a couple of points Mike made and then add a couple of things that I saw in it. Yes. Matthew 22 and 1. And Yahshua answered and spake unto them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. Pause. And now, Mike mentioned that, you know, talking about kings. Well, he's talking about a king in the parable, but Yahshua or Yahweh is a king. This is his kingdom, you know, and the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So he's talking about something going on here. So read. Three, and set forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. Okay, so... He sent uh, forth something and to enjoin a wedding, and they didn't come. And I was thinking about how back at Mount Sinai in this Moses chart, they came up out of Egypt after being in bondage for a long time and uh, engaged with Yahweh at this mountain, and he made a covenant with them. And this was a wedding ceremony. And there, Yahweh is the king who invited them. And they came to this wedding ceremony, and all that Yahweh said, we will do. And they said, I do's. And we have that in the scripture, but I'm not going to get that right now. So there were some I do's said, and a covenant was made with these people. And, and we know in Malachi, and Michael made mention of how they, they just broke every part of it. And, and if you read in Malachi, uh, where he's talking to the priests. Now, now the priests had job was to teach the people what thus saith Yahweh. And they were told, and what Michael brought up, how a proper sacrifice was not with spot and blemish. Uh, let's get uh, quick Leviticus 22 and 22. This goes with they offered polluted, and I found it, and it was in my margin here. So let's get Leviticus 22, 21. Let's start at. Leviticus 22 and 21. Mm-hmm. This is to the priesthood. Leviticus is the orders of the priesthood. So read. And whosoever offers a sacrifice of peace offerings unto Yahweh to accomplish his vow or a free will offering in breves or sheep, it shall be perfect to be there accepted. There you go. It shall mm -hmm. be perfect. They were commanded to have perfect sacrifice. Give their best. See, and, and, and they... This all goes, where did they get the sheep from? But Yahweh provided. And if you go back to Abraham, when he was up, this all started with him. He was given all these uh, 
what do they call them? Speckled sheep or stippled or anyhow. They were given sheep by Yahweh and so on. And all of this is Yahweh provided their shoes didn't wear out in the wilderness and so on. So here Yahweh's telling them, I need a perfect sacrifice for your free will offerings or and so on. Read. Um, 22. Or no, I didn't finish that. No, you didn't. Um, <laughs> it shall be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no blemish therein. Mm -hmm. Blind or broken or maimed or having a wen or scurvy. Hmm. So here he's telling him very beginning, he's setting up the priesthood and these priests know this. They're supposed to do this. They're there to do the service of Yahweh. You know, they're there. <laughs> they're a representation of Yahweh, and they, they have that tabernacle pattern, and they have a high priest, and a high priest, all the service is done for the atonement of their sins. I know it's physical, but this is what this whole thing represents. So we don't want anything imperfect. You don't bring anything. You don't bring your lame. You don't do any of this stuff. They were told all this. But now, way down at Malachi, we're going to finish reading there, Gail, but down at Malachi, they're doing it. So continue reading there. I think you got one more verse. Mm -hmm. Or scabbed, you shall not offer these unto Yahweh. So no scabs, no lame, no nothing. Read. Go ahead. Nor make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto Yahweh. Mm -hmm. You're, you're mm -hmm. offering this up for your sins. And you're offering up the garbage. You're taking mm -hmm. the garbage to the altar to be offered up for your sins. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, thank you, Gail. We'll go back to a uh, uh, verse in the scripture reading. You offer polluted bread. Or you can start at six. Six. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? Where is my honor, Reed? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Mm -hmm. Saith Yahweh of hosts unto they, you. To do this, to offer this, they don't know him. They don't fear him anymore. They don't believe he's real. You know, it's been a long time. You know, uh, this the priesthood is who Yahweh's mad at all the way down through. Who have corrupted this the whole thing they had the job to keep the people in line and keep what you thus saith yahweh and they couldn't do it and then the people faulted because of it read um start at oh you uh wait where's my fear saith yahweh of host unto you Oh, you priests. Oh, priests that despise my name. And mm -hmm. you say, wherein have you despised my name? Mm -hmm. You offered polluted bread upon my altar. Mm -hmm. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? Is that ye say the table of Yahweh is contemptible? Mm -hmm. And read one more. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? Right. And if you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto the governor. He will be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith Yahweh of hosts. 
Yeah. So offer it up to your governor or to your other king, <laughs> you know, somebody try to offer it up to somebody, your bargain, you know, they just, they wouldn't do it in the flesh to somebody, but to Yahweh, they don't believe he's real anymore. They don't know him anymore. They don't believe in the process of salvation through keeping of the law. They've corrupted everything about it. And, and this is going according to the purpose. And we're going to find out and we're going to go over to that, uh, that's far enough, Andrea. I want to go back to the wedding feast now. And uh, where was that again? Matthew 22. 22. Okay, one more page. Because I was thinking about when Yahshua came and uh, John the Baptist, what was John the Baptist's job? His job was to point out the Savior. And then we can pick that up at the third chapter of Mass, uh, Matthew. See, uh, where is it? Uh, okay, start at three and one. Three and one. In the days of John the Baptist and Yahshua, in the beginning of his ministry here, read. Matthew three and one. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of Yahweh, make his path straight. See, so, you know, you can read Jeremiah 31, 31, and Ezekiel 36, 24, where you're talking about a new covenant because they can't keep the covenant. He's been telling them back there right, through the prophets, right? You can't keep this covenant. So here comes the new covenant coming, and John's making way his paths, right? So people should have been excited because we've messed this thing all up, and uh, we want to see what it's about. Anyhow, reading four. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair, and a leathern girdle about his loins, so, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. All prophesied of. Read. Then went out to him. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all. So Judea. he went out to the people that were invited to the first service. You see where I'm going with this? With the wedding, they mm -hmm. were. These were the ones that were invited the first time. So now he's got another wedding. He's got a new covenant. And he, he sends out the invitations again. Come on to the feast. Come on. So mm -hmm. read. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. Mm -hmm. And were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So the ones that got baptized were those people, the lowly people. <laughs> The ones, the none of the scribes, the Pharisees would dip a dip a toe in that water. They all watched. They all watched. Okay, so that's enough, and it's the baptism of repentance. So go back to the wedding feast and uh, re start reading at one. Matthew twenty two one, mm -hmm. and Yahshua answered and spoke unto them again by parables and said. The kingdom of heaven, excuse me, is like unto a certain king, which made a marriage for his son. Mm -hmm. So 
This is the new covenant, the new marriage to Yahshua, his son. Read. And sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. Mm -hmm. And they would not come. They wouldn't go. They didn't want to go. Read. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. Come unto the marriage. You know, and you know that in the day of Pentecost, it was the ones that went to the baptism that were up and received the Holy Spirit. You know, they received the Holy Spirit. You know, Mike talked about the garments and things like that. Keep going. Five. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his farm and another to his merchandise. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. took and they were making merchandise of the gospel. Didn't the Ashtra go in and throw over the money changers and so on and so forth? You know, they were going to mess up their gig. The priests had a good thing going. You know, they were selling your sacrifices to you so you could sacrifice them. And then they were lame and everything. They were making money of this. Don't you, you go to a church now, you want to go to a, I don't care, you want to sit in on a Lutheran church, Catholic church, any church. They'll ask you after you're sitting there for a while, you want to join? And then the, here's your 10% we want from you. They want to see your tax returns. This is, they make merchandise of everything. At every, you can't just sit in a, in a church and somebody's going to ask you, you know, you've been here a while, you got to join. We, you know, this costs money. Read. So Hold on, you one had five. Six. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. Mm -hmm. So didn't they, the prophets were sent and they warned the people from after Joshua down the mall, you know, all the way down. They were all just like the apostles were all killed off. Well, all the prophets, they killed off. The priesthood killed them off. They're killing off these people. These are the ones that are, they're slaying the ones that were invited by the king. See, it's just those, the same thing goes over and over and over with Yahweh. It just, uh, it just amazes me. Read. Seven. But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth and sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Mm -hmm. Then said he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just, well, he, the, the, the children of Israel were the one that invited. They were at that and none of them came. None of them came. You know, they took the, you know, Peter, all of those people, they were just fishermen. They, they weren't uh, standouts in any assembly. You know, they were the least of people, right? Nine. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. Mm -hmm. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they had found both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, 
he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. You know, I was thinking about that, not having on the wedding garment. He probably knew of John's baptism, but didn't go. <laughs> you know, he was one of them, just sort of showed up. And, you know, he, he hadn't submitted himself that he needed a savior. He wasn't clothed, pro he wasn't clothed properly. He was under the wrong covenant, looking for something else. Anyhow, I just, I saw all that in this thing and, and uh, you know, they, Mike made a couple of comments. They turned her back on his name in the scripture reading with Malachi. You know, they, it comes down to the name. Uh, uh, Ezekiel 36, he had pity, where is it, 3624, uh, it says he has had pity for his name's sake. I'm trying to find Ezekiel 36 and uh, 21. This is, you know, we know Ezekiel 36, 24. I'm going to take you from among the heathen and all that and sprinkle clean water upon you. But he, before that in 21, he talks about his name. And I've used this one a million times and it just always amazes me. He had pity. He, the reason he does all this is for his holy name's sake, you know. And if you go back into Egypt, uh, when he destroyed Egypt, uh, Exodus, what is it, 916, where it says he did it all uh, to show his power and declare his name. Mm -hmm. Yahweh, under that covenant, was Yahweh saved them from Egypt, from the bonds of the world, so to speak. Yeah, and typifying Yahweh as salvation. It wasn't revealed yet. You know, and now that whole covenant that he gave to the children of Israel, he's having pity. Read 21, 36 and 21, please. But, but I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Mm-hmm. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, thus saith Yahweh, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake. Which the you reason have. he's got to bring in a new covenant is he's going to get his glory and, and his holy name's sake. And the priesthood wasn't teaching the people. Now Yahshua in you is the teacher. We, we, we know that we come down and Yahshua is the one that reveals the mysteries to us through the vision that, that excuse me, that Dr. Kinley had. And for his name's sake, you know, the ones that are sitting on this side of this doctrine that, you know, in this class, not in the headquarters, I mean, we hang on to that name. It, it meant something when we heard that name. I couldn't believe it when I heard that name, that it was that I breathed it. Oh, my goodness. You know, why do I need to anything else? You know? I'm breathing the creator's name. It's bringing forth life in me, you know, and, and continue, Gail. But for my holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. Mm -hmm. He's just not going to allow that. Mm -hmm. Read. And I will sanctify my great name. Mm -hmm. which was profaned among the heathen. And then we which, cheer now. I will sanctify my name. Yay. Go ahead. <laughs> which you have profaned in the midst of them. And mm -hmm. the heathen shall know that I am Yahweh, saith Yahweh Elohim, when, 
I shall be sanctified anew before their eyes. Yeah, and then you could add, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth <laughs> to them that don't. Mm -hmm. Get for me Romans 1, 19 and 20 and read down to 25. Hello? Yep, I'll do it. Um, Romans 1. Okay. Yep. Because, that, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifested. And we all know this one. He says that which may be known of Yahweh. He's, you know, he's talking of talking. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Who's he talking to in the beginning of Romans here? Paul's servant called an apostle. Continued and declared. He's got to be. Well, he's just talking to the people of the Romans, okay, mm -hmm. the, the assembly at Rome, but read again. Go ahead. I won't to the people you. that are in Rome, you're right at 15. Yeah. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them. For Yahweh hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So Paul has the Holy Spirit now, and he's preaching under the authority of the Holy Spirit, telling him, you can know something, you know? And, and he's, he's talking about, you're gonna be without excuse, but read 21. Because that, when they knew Yahweh, they glorified him not as Yahweh, neither were thankful. He's talking about the priest and the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. Because when they knew Yahweh, they didn't glorify him. I mean, it's like I said, they, they didn't respect him. You, you'd respect your governor more than you would Yahweh who gave you this covenant and brought you out of bondage and did everything for you. And all you did was muck it up. <laughs> you mm -hmm. like the muck, huh? Okay. Mm -hmm. not, not mook, muck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Okay, that's a bad mook joke. All right, go ahead. Um, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Mm -hmm. So, so they didn't glorify Yahweh. They became vain in their imaginations. They had an image, you know, golden calf kind of stuff, and their foolish heart was darkened. I mean, and we can go back to Deuteronomy six and four a little bit here. But that Mike talked about Yahweh's one, but he talks about the things in the heart. And we'll, don't let me forget to go back there after this. Okay. okay, now 22, read. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. See, this is who is it? the priesthood. Mm -hmm. They became fools. You know, they had the, they were whitewashed sepulchers, he called them clean on the outside, they had their garments and they walked around acting all pious and, and everything, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They tried to trap Yahshua at every turn. What about this And A woman caught in adultery, he caught her in the very act. Really? Yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> and then he comes up in the end and says, you know, he has uh, no sin, cast the first stone. Yeah. So, 
And, and it amazed me how from the eldest left first, the ones that knew he had them. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, little by little, they were probably trying to figure it out. And then the, the dummies at the end even knew enough to leave and not do it, professing themselves. And what did they do in, in 23, Gail? And changed the glory of the uncorruptible Elohim into an image made like to corruptible man mm-hmm. and to perfect and four-footed beasts and creeping things. They worshiped a creature. They worshiped an imagination. You know, this is what they wanted at their wedding feast. They just, they never saw it, read. Wherefore, Yahweh also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts Mm -hmm. to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, Mm -hmm. who changed the truth of Yahweh into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Mm, Hallelujah. Read, read one more. For this cause, Elohim gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. Yahweh can cause you to be deluded. He can mm. cause you not to see this. It takes, it takes a revelation to see this, and if he's holding you in a delusion, because of their, they changed the truth into a lie. You know, mm-hmm. it just, you know, we've been at this with them. And, and you, this is what the same thing, like Mike said, and we've said in the last few classes, this is what Los Angeles has done. I, I am so amazed people I knew, you know, back in the 80s and 90s and deans and you know, they shut down their classes and ran off to Los Angeles. And none of these people who knew law prophets from one end of the book to the other are sitting out there and not using any of it. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. sitting out there listening to three or four people who don't know what they're talking about going, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I don't want to name, but there's people I know out there that I'm like, I can't even believe they're there. Yeah. Doing what? Uh, just, I'm, I'm amazed. I, I am amazed. You know, and so on. But it, it's the way it has to be. It's been foretold. Go get that Deuteronomy 6 and 4 that Michael got. I just love what Michael got. And I, just working off of that. I'll let you get back up after me, Mike, and you can clean this up. <laughs> Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Mm-hmm. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh, our Elohim is one Elohim. Okay. And that, that mezuzah, uh, years ago when I first moved to Madison, I was doing some demolition on a building, and I found one of those nailed in the door, and they, the Jews would have an argument. It's this little, it looks like a, I don't know, a little coffin almost thing, but anyhow. They, they, does it go up straight up and down or do they turn it sideways or and then somebody somewhere along the line and you know all the arguments the, that these lawyers did and so on they put it on a diagonal to satisfy everybody and in there they put in Yahweh this Deuteronomy 6 and 4 Yahweh our Elohim is one hero Israel but read the next uh, so Yahweh's one read five, five. And thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. So 
and they carry, they put this in the mezuzah. They, they, you know, like Mike said, they have these things plastered all over them. They carry them in, in these boxes they have on their shoulders and all this kind of stuff, phylacteries and so on. And, and yeah, that's nice. You carry it with you, but you know, it's not in you. <laughs> it's an external. It never got in the people. And it's a perfect example. It's external to them. They carry it around with them for their righteousness. They don't care, you know, anything about what it says or that it's about your creator asked you to do this. Love Yahweh with all thy heart and with all thy soul. You know, didn't, they asked him the great commandment, love him with your heart and soul. Read. Six. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. It's got to get in your heart. You got to want it. Read. Seven. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. Mm -hmm. And when thou walkest by the way. And when thou liest down. And when thou risest up. See now. Dennis was making, you know, puffing Dennis up, but he just brought up a bunch of these nice points the other day in these things. And, and, and you, you, uh, in Green Bay last night, you know, he was talking about, you have to lose yourself to win yourself, you know, to speak, uh, you have to, you know, lose yourself to gain Yahshua for his sake. And, and, and the whole meaning of it is, you know, you have to keep your mind on him. You'll be in perfect peace if you keep your mind on him, looking unto Yahshua, the author and the finisher of our faith, looking unto him with expectation, not just, I mean, that's the faith he puts in you. You're looking for a change in you. You're looking for him to communicate with you. You're looking, you know, um, who was our first speaker last night, Michael? You can talk. At your class, Tracy. Tracy talked about the names. Tracy, that's right. Tracy from Markport. She was talking about the names and 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 how and then the pattern. And she was like, "Wow, I breathe the names." And wow, everything goes by threes. And <laughs> and she was talking about this wow moment of coming into this class. Yeah. And and never take that for granted. Always remember where you came from. You didn't know any of these things. Yahweh is perfecting you through the preaching of this gospel. And under this gospel, when he reveals a pattern to you and everything goes, you should say, wow, it's not the speaker telling you this, it's Yahweh revealing it. That's what's important, not the lecture, it's the revelation. That you see something about Yahweh that's true and accurate and real and, and tangible to you even though it's spiritual, you know, it's just, so teach, he's saying in here, you teach your kids diligently and talk to them about Yahweh, the conversation at your dinner table, hey, what'd you learn about Yahweh today, kids, not what did you do for homework, <laughs> you know what I mean, you got to ask all those things too, I know, but, mm -hmm. you know, you just want to be known as a loving family of Yahweh, who are dedicated to show, you know, to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, dedicated to this thing, you know, committed. When you sit in thine house, when thou walks, by the way, when you lie us down, you know, and when we get together, that's what I miss about 
going to a seminar and going for a walk and having a coffee with somebody. We do this and we walk and we talk and we just, we want to be in the presence of them that hear what we hear and see what we see, you know, and, uh, you know, read eight. Eight. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about your eye of understanding, not your eyes. He's, you know, this is the parable here. And, and they take it literally and they go, well, I got those things on my shoulders, in my shoes, uh, stuck in my front left pocket and back right. You know, <laughs> I, I, you know that's baloney. Mm -hmm. That's just baloney, you know, to, and this is where they go wrong. They, they never saw Yahweh. They never appreciated Yahweh, these priests and these people who taught people. And, uh, you know, the first covenant, some, some are saved through the faith of the operation. And you can go in Hebrews, by faith, Abraham, by faith, this one, by faith, that one. They believed and it was accounted unto them. But the reality is, Yahshua, now we know who the faith is. The faith in the operation is Yahshua. It's the clothing. You get clothed in his faith and the witness and the evidence and the proof. And, and you are able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And you are able to discern the garbage that some of these people are. They've, they've forgot their first love and just cast it off. And, and are, you know, following some man. Just like the people did with the priesthood. They let them, you know. I mean, they were messed up from the beginning. They wanted a king. They had judges, and they said, well, give us a king, and they got uh, Saul, and well, geez, he turned out to be a bad guy, and then David came, and you know, so on and so forth, and they just killed everybody that was righteous, and uh, all the way down, and will persecute you if they get a chance, and uh, will try to take away this internet. They've already tried, and they try to take away anything, and, and Squash us down, and you should be buying the MPs, fours, or threes, or whatever they are, and listening to the, you know, repetitious "Hail Mary, full of grace, with the Our Father." You know, it's kind of reminds me of the Rosary, the repetitious garbage that it satisfies not. You know, and uh, you know, I don't mince words. I, I, I came in this class, and it was early on that I laughed. I go. I, I don't want to be a member of the IDMR. I want to be a member in the, in the body of Yahshua. You know, the IDMR is a necessity so we can have insurance and we can function in Satan's kingdom. You know, it's like given to Caesar what Caesar's. You have to be part of an organization. You have to have, you know, insurance for your place and all this kind of stuff. But I never cared about it. I'm like, what a waste of time and energy. Having Five minutes. Oh, okay. She's tough. I thought I was the dean. <laughs> never mind. I'm just teasing everybody. Everybody knows me. But, you know, I never wanted to be part of the IDMR. And I was always kind of, I would laugh, say, well, they keep me hidden in Mount Horeb. And they don't know how radical I always have been. And, uh, but now you can just see that you really don't want to be part of what that is. You don't want to be moving, selling everything and going out to Los Angeles and just sitting there and listening and, and uh, no side classes, no, 
I bet you they never even say a word after class. They walk out and, and do business. I don't know. I can't even imagine it. You know, they just, and they'd love to get their hands on us and, and squash us so that we can't, you know, put up these same charts that they have and say a moderation that they have and so on and so forth. And uh, it's not theirs to have. It's ours. Mm -hmm. Those are our charts. They're a gift from Yahweh. That's our moderation. They don't, it doesn't even suit them. I'm surprised they can even say it in their classes. So I don't have anything else. Uh, I was just motivated to say some bad things. And I don't mean to bring down, but uh, it's great to be able to see, to have the eyes to see and discern and understand the truth and to love the truth. And with that, I'll turn it over to the moderator and I hope she, you, I'm not even gonna send you a message, just put Dennis up, we know. Okay. I did that. Thank you, dear. He did too. Bye. Yes. Our next speaker will be Dr. Dennis Volpe, Dean of the Oceanside, California branch. I wanna say good evening to everyone. Uh, everyone watching tonight on Zoom and also on YouTube, uh, we just really appreciate uh, you being aboard, uh, and we hope that these lectures are edifying you and making some sense. Now, we have to understand that Yahweh, our Creator, is in control of all things, and nothing is happening without his will uh, causing it to happen. And that's what the purpose is. It's Yahweh operating a purpose down through seven ages and seven dispensations that will, will end up exactly where he declared that it would end up. Go over there and get Isaiah. I think it's uh, 46, 9, and 10, if I'm not mistaken. Isaiah 46 and 9. Um, remember the former things of old. For I am Yahweh and there is none else. I am Yahweh and there is none like me. Now what I want you to know is that Yahweh wants you to remember the former things of old. Meaning in order to understand what's going to happen down at the end, you're going to have to look back and see how Yahweh's purpose started and also how it's operating all the way down through ages and dispensations. Keep reading. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Now Yahweh has declared the end right from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not even yet accomplished or done. Read. Saying, my counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Now listen. Calling. Listen, he said his counsel will stand. If you look up that word counsel, it means purpose. Now here's why I wanted to tell you this. No matter how bad things get in this world, Yahweh's got it all <coughs> pardon me, under control. And there's nothing 
that will happen from this point forward that Yahweh is not operating and got it under control. Now, once you recognize that, once you know that your creator is not just passively sitting out there somewhere up in the cosmos, looking down at earth to see what man's going to do, but in fact, Yahweh is already purposed these things. Once you understand that, you can trust in him and recognize that there's nothing happening that is not for a purpose. Now, the world is in a rough state right now. We've got all kinds of things that are happening in the world, not just the pandemic, but we have a lot of polarization that is taking place and uh, people hating one. A hate seems to be, of course, uh, the order of the day. And we see the, that, that manifesting how just in our own country, uh, the hatred that is manifested by the violence that we see going on out here, whether it be somebody going into a store and shooting people or uh, a, a high school uh, person going in and shooting up their high school or uh, a police officer kneeling on the neck of a man and that man dies as a result of it. It's just all driven from hate, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I said that for this reason. Because we have to understand that Yahweh has set up this purpose, and there are two mysteries in operation. Let's go over and get the A. Asherah chart, please. All right. Now, what we have... Yahweh has set this up that there is a mystery of righteousness and a mystery of iniquity. Both mysteries, the reason why they're called mysteries, are not understood. They are not common knowledge to the average person walking up and down the street. In order for you to become knowledgeable of these mysteries, it has to come by way of revelation. Yahshua has to reveal his purpose and how these two mysteries are operating. Now the world that we live in, ladies and gentlemen, has got a real serious problem. Back in the book of Revelation, let's go over to Revelation, the 12th chapter for a minute, and I want to start with that there was a war in heaven. Now, while they're looking that up, I want to say this, that Yahweh Elohim created that angel that we call Lucifer. And he was not created as a good angel that by free will all of a sudden decided to be evil and lie and, uh, and, 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 and demand worship and glorifying himself. That was not something that he decided to do after he was uh, created. He was created right from the beginning with a nature that is full of pride. He is a murderer and a liar and a thief. Before you read, before you read uh, uh, Revelations 12, somebody get me John 844. John 8 and 44. Um. John 8. 
44. Oh, yeah. You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. Now, Gail, who's speaking right now? Uh, I think it's John talking to the No, it is people. not. This is Joshua the no? Messiah speaking to the Pharisees oh, or the priesthood. Okay. And what he's telling them is that they are of their father, the devil, and the lust of their father they will do. Read. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now listen, and he was a murderer later after he was formed and then started being a nice guy there in the angelic, and all of a sudden he just went bad. Is that what it says in your Bible? No, he was a murderer from the beginning. He was a murderer right from the time he was created. He was created to be an adversary to Yahshua and every aspect of his nature is going to be the exact opposite of Yahshua's nature. Now, Yahshua created the devil. Yahweh Elohim created the devil to be contrast because you cannot know or appreciate truth or good without a lie and hatred. The devil's nature actually makes Yahshua's nature more glorious by the fact that he magnifies the greatness of the divine nature of love and truth. And his nature, obviously, is one that is going to be hidden from the average um, uh, creature. So he was a liar right from the beginning. Keep reading and abode not in the truth. Now, he never, never at any time had any truth in him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't live in the truth. He's not interested in being truthful. He's not interested in projecting to you that he is uh, 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 actually tru uh, truly uh, interested in telling you the truth. Now, he wants you to believe that he's speaking the truth, but the way he does that is to deceive you so you don't know the truth and make you believe that everything that he says is true. He is a master deceiver, ladies and gentlemen. That's how he was created. And what we're reading here is that he abode not in the truth. Read. Because there is no truth in him. There's no, no, not just a, li a little bit of, there's no truth in him. Mm -hmm. And in, uh, over in Isaiah, the 14th chapter, it says that his heart was lifted up. He is full of pride and arrogance and wants you to look up to him and worship him. And in order to accomplish that, he must project himself to be the opposite of the way he really is. Because if you know what was really his motivation, what was in him, you would not follow after him. Neither would any of the angels. Read. When he speaketh a lie, he speaks on his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Now, Lucifer is a liar and he's the father of lies. He is the 
uh, source of lies, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we also read in the Bible that, there, that it is impossible for Yahweh to lie. Well, the nature of Yahshua, or the nature of Yahweh, cannot lie. Therefore, if, lie, if a lie exists, it's got to come from somewhere, and it comes from that mystery of iniquity. Now, here's what he does to try to deceive. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians 11, 14. Maybe start at 13, I'm not sure. Thirteen. 2 Corinthians 11, 13. Judge in yourselves. Oh, sorry, I'm on 1 Corinthians. One second. 11, 13. For such are false apostles. Now listen, Paul says such are false apostles. Now, when you hear the word apostle, you think of somebody that was a follower of the Messiah. Somebody that was chosen by the Messiah and handpicked. A disciple of the Messiah. And he said, and such are false apostles. Read. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers. They are deceitful workers. They are deceitful. They're working the mystery of iniquity, which is to be deceitful and to cause people to be, you follow, deceived. Read. Transforming themselves into the apostles of Yahshua. Now they have the ability to transform, to change form. So what they do is they transform or change their form to what, Andrea, read. And no marvel. Wait a minute, read that again. Sorry, go back. 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Yahshua. Now look, they want you to believe they're an apostle of Yahweh or of Yahshua. Or of God, whatever, what have you. And if they can get you to believe that they are a disciple or an apostle of the Creator Himself, well, then naturally you're going to believe what they say and you're going to follow them. And that's exactly what happened to all of us in our religious upbringings. We thought my priest would never lie to me, my rabbi wouldn't tell me something that wasn't true. My minister would never get up in the pulpit and say a lie. But that's exactly what the mystery of iniquity would transform into. He would transform into and make himself look like that he's an apostle of the Messiah. Read. 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now listen, they're deceitful workers. And they transform or change into an angel of light. They want to look like they're full of knowledge, full of love, to draw you in so that they might devour you. Now, in the creation, Yahweh has placed a beautiful manifestation of what I'm talking about. When you go out in the summertime and you see the fireflies and those lights are flashing, 
Now, did you know that those lights are flashing in a pattern? And in the species of the firefly, flashing the light calls a mate, so that when the mate comes, then it will uh, bear forth offspring by them coming to the uh, location of the one that is flashing them. Now, what happens is there's a another insect that is luminous as well that knows this and is able to copy the flashing of light so that when the firefly mate comes, it will he will devour it. Now, are those, there are those, Dr. Kinley used to say it like this. He said, now, I'm raising up both mysteries sitting right here on a chair. And I want you to know that the organization that the founder set up has both mysteries sitting right down there as a part of the organization. But in the body of Yahshua, there is no iniquity. Therefore, the mystery of iniquity is not a member of the body of Yahshua the Messiah, the spiritual body. And you got to be wise, because somebody says they're a member of this organization doesn't mean that they're telling you the truth. You need to check them out. You need to discern. And I don't care who they are. You need to check me out. And I want you to realize that this is what's going on. This mystery of iniquity is transforming to appear as an angel of light. Read, Andrea. 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose now end listen. shall be according to their works. That's right. Now listen, they all are trying to get you to believe that they're righteous. Ministers of righteousness. They have the good book. They'll go into the scriptures. We're, I never even gave this a thought till I came into the school, that when the devil took Yahshua up onto a high peak after he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights over there in the book of Matthew. What he did in trying to deceive him is he quoted scriptures. But Yahshua, who was the one that actually dictated the scriptures, was able to give him a scripture that countered what he wanted Yahshua to do. Now, I want you to know it's not enough to know scriptures in the Bible. You have to understand the principle and how the purpose operates in order not to be deceived because many can use that Bible and prey upon your ignorance of Yahweh's purpose to get you to believe this is the proper application of that quote that they give you, and it may not be the proper application. Now, I want you to also know this. I want you to know that Yahshua warned the apostles that there would be grievous wolves that would come in amongst the congregation dressed in sheep's clothing. Deceitful workers. And I want you to know that we have that going on right now in our own midst. And I also want you to know that we see it manifested lately, all through various aspects of society. I mean, look at over the years how it's come out, how many priests have been involved in pedophile 
uh, accusations against congregants of their own church. Kept quiet when I was a Catholic. You didn't hear about it. But now we all see that, that they had come as sheep, wolves in sheep's clothing. And we see these politicians that go out there and preach, their intent is to do this and make, make everything right again. They're going to fix the world. They're going to promise you everything. Then you find out the corruption that's going on behind the scenes. And you find out that their word is worthless. And I'm just going to tell you this. The whole world lieth in wickedness. That's right in your Bible. Now, now I want to go over to the 12th chapter of Revelation. And I want you to pick it up, the war in heaven, if you would, Gail. I want to say 12-7. 12-7, is that right? Sure. Yep. And go there ahead. was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. Now, that's not her husband, Mike. I want to make that clear to you. <laughs> go ahead, Gail. <laughs> and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. Now, listen. There was this war... And I think further up in that, that book, and you don't necessarily get it, you can look it up yourself, it talks about how that Lucifer, as the dragon, drew a third part of the stars of heaven with his tail. Mm -hmm. And what the way it's spelled in your Bible is it's spelled T-A-I-L. Yeah. And Dr. Kinley said, now that should actually be spelled T-A-L-E. Mm -hmm. In other words, the lie that he told caused a third of the angels. And angels were created in an innumerable company. There are not boy angels and girl angels. There's no male, female in the angels. They are all created in an innumerable company and have no need to procreate and, and make baby angels. There's no baby angels. Now, they were created and they outnumber the stars that are in our universe. Now, a third of them were permanently, if you will, deceived by that mystery of iniquity. His tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven. And in this war, Michael and his angels overcame the devil and his angels. And keep reading down there where you left off. And prevailed not, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Now, Lucifer did not prevail. He was beaten, in other words, and, and they were cast out of heaven. Read. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. Which deceives a few of the people in the world. No, the whole world. No, which only deceives the Lutherans. <laughs> or which only deceives the Jehovah Witnesses. No, the whole world has been deceived. You and me too. Mm -hmm. And that's because none of us have a knowledge of Yahweh's purpose and we walk, as it says in your Bible, in darkness, meaning we walk without knowledge and enlightenment as to what Yahweh is doing in his purpose and plan and what is true and what is not true according to Yahweh's purpose. And therefore, we are easily deceived by the devil because... That's why on that chart there, and some of the charts is even worse than what, uh, the, the painting of the background is black. 
not just gray, it's black. And that's to show that the mystery of iniquity and all of his constituents are in a state of darkness. Whilst the mystery of righteousness and the members of Yahshua's body are in a state of light. Now that's why in the tabernacle there's a figure of a silhouette of a woman on both, both tabernacles. On the mystery of righteousness we have the sun in the most holy place shining over her head. And at the first chat verse of Revelation 12, 1, it says that there was a woman that was clothed in the sun. Now, mm -hmm. the mystery of iniquity's bride are the souls of men that he's deceived, and they are in darkness, and what's above her head is the moon. The moon is not does not have any real true light. It simply is a mere reflection of sunlight, and it's not the reality. The reality of the light is the sun itself. Now, what I want you to understand is that both mysteries have a bride, and the bride is a congregation of souls. One is keeping his bride in ignorance, doesn't want her to know what the truth is or study or check anything out. The other one is opening up and revealing the purpose so that you are able to comprehend it and walk in light. Now, keep reading where you were. Nine. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. Read. He, he was cast out into the earth. And now he was cast out here into the earth plane, ladies and gentlemen. And listen, I want you to understand them. If you ever see the pictures of earth from space, earth looks like a floating, uh, 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 just a floating uh, island in space with the blue and the white and all the beautiful colors, it's a floating island in space. And when the devil and his angels were cast down to the earth plane, we literally live on devil's island. This is his kingdom, ladies and gentlemen, and we are all living in his kingdom. He rules the earth plane. People say, why is there so much evil in the world? Why does God allow this? I've had this question asked to me many, many times in my many years uh, since I've come into the school. And the truth is you have to understand the purpose and how Yahweh has set up two mysteries to operate. Now the mystery of iniquity, he is operating and he deceiveth the whole world. His intention is to cause every soul to be lost and not know their creator and go into his final destination, according to your Bible, because of uh, what he did in the angelic, is to be cast into what is called the lake of fire, which is a place of unimaginable uh, torment. And he wants all the souls to go with him. And, and that's his way of trying to further insult his creator. If you find out that salvation is in the name of Yahweh back there in, 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 the, in, in the Bible, back there in the Old Testament, the devil will try to overturn the use of the name Yahweh to get you to call him something that he doesn't like to be called, like Lord, for an example. Now we know that under this covenant, salvation is in the name of Yahshua, so they've done everything he could to try to stop them from using the name Yahshua. Now the Pharisees arrested Peter, James, and John after Pentecost because they healed a man in the name of Yahshua. And they threatened them, told them not to do it, or they, basically they were going to kill him. 
And they said, listen, they asked him a question, by what power, by what name was this man healed? And they told him, by the name of Yahshua of Nazareth. And there is no salvation in any other name. So later, they, uh, after they threatened him, they told him uh, uh, not, to use, not to speak in that name anymore. And Peter let him know, we're going to continue to speak in that name, no matter what you do to us. The devil tries to stop the advance of the Holy Spirit to bring souls into the light because it is, the, it is his nature. He is full of hate. He is full of malice. And he doesn't care. He's a murderer, a liar, and a thief. He's trying to steal your eternal life, and he's trying to murder your soul by causing you to die the second death. That's his job. But yet the mystery of, mystery of righteousness in John the 17th chapter, Yahshua said this. He said, Father, I have kept the men that thou hast given me out of the world, and they have known that I have come out from you. He said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for those that thou hast given me. And, I, and none are lost. In other words, Yahshua will not lose one soul to the devil that Yahweh purposed to be saved in him. Salvation is according to a predestined purpose and plan, ladies and gentlemen. And we are called according to the purpose. Now that's what I wanted to get to and I'd be in my last 10 minutes in, uh, on the floor. I want you to know that we're in a war with the mystery of iniquity, whether you're conscious of it or not. This world, the hearts and minds of men, are inundated and in, in, in they have incarnated, influencing them, those demonic spirits that were cast out of the angelic, trying to cause you to violate your conscience, to hate your fellow man, to kill your fellow man, to feel no compassion, no uh, love for your fellow. This is exactly what the devil, and you see it manifested daily. Somebody has an axe to grind, they're mad because... Somebody said something they didn't like, and they go out to the store and start shooting people that never did a thing to them. They're full of hatred, and that's what it is. And hate is a, a is an aspect of that satanic nature. And love is an attribute of the Holy Spirit. Now, we have been called out of darkness, and Paul talks about that. In fact. I'm just going to quote this. In the 26th chapter of Acts of the Apostles, when Yahweh, uh, Yahshua, caught uh, Paul up and gave him a vision, he told them that he was going to send them to the Gentiles to deliver them out of darkness unto the light, unto salvation. And Paul said in Colossians, the first chapter, that we have been delivered from the power of darkness, meaning the power of ignorance and 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 being not conscious of our Creator, how He actually is and truthfully exists. We've been delivered from that through the foolishness of preaching of this gospel. The more you hear this gospel gone into, the more you hear aspects of it explained, the more you will start to see one piece at a time, like a jigsaw puzzle, as the pieces are put in place, you're going to start to see the big picture. And the big picture is you are looking great at your Creator as he actually is and truthfully exists. And you become conscious that Yahweh is real. It's not something we're just talking about. 
It's not something you want to believe in. You know that Yahweh is real. That's what we're trying to get you to down here. Now watch. I want you to go over for a minute, and we're going to go to a different chapter, because uh, I want to work with Luke 16, and we're, uh, 14, and we're going to start at verse 16. Now, we've been called out of darkness. Now, you have to be called according to the purpose. Paul talked about how he was called according to the purpose. Now, here's what's happening. We heard the parable about the man that had a wedding feast. Now, we're going to read about a man that had a great supper. Same principle. Go ahead and start reading at 14.16, please. Luke 14.16. And he said unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent then began to make excuse. Now listen, here's the supper, ladies and gentlemen. The supper is, you right now are having supper with us if you'd be listening to this gospel being preached right now. The supper is we're eating the lamb, ladies and gentlemen. We're having the Passover supper right now. We're eating the lamb, and we're partakers of his blood, ladies and gentlemen. This is true communion. We're communicating the gospel of Yahshua the Messiah, the reality of Yahweh's purpose to you, and your soul is now being fed with knowledge and wisdom and understanding because your soul is malnourished. This is the supper, and when you're invited to come to class, you're being bathed to the supper. Read. 18. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. Now, how many times have we invited somebody down the class oh yeah maybe i'll come sometime and then well can you come how about next week no well i got this to do you're gonna hear this go ahead and read the first one said unto him i have bought a piece of ground and i must needs go and see it i pray thee have me excused read and another said i have bought five yoke of oxen and i go to prove them i pray thee have me excused read and another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Read. So the servant, excuse me, so that servant came and showed his master these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, and said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in <laughs> him the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. That's you and me. This teaching, we took the textbook and we sent a copy of the textbook to every religious leader in the world. And I remember this when they went out. We, if you were somebody that was that started a religion and you were known, we sent you a textbook. That textbook was sent to the world. And they then went on three ecclesiastical peace missions to follow that to try to preach the, what was in that book and answer their questions. And listen, none of them want to come and bow to this teaching. And so we that this gospel, now Yahshua's gone out into the street and the lanes of the city, and here's who he's bringing in. He's bringing in the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. That's what every one of us were. We were poor in the spirit. 
we were messed up somehow, maimed, and we couldn't walk, stand on our own two feet spiritually, and we didn't see a thing about Yahweh. Read. 22. And the servant said, Master, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. Read. And the master said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Now, do you know that Dr. Kinley, back in the early 70s, sent a letter out to all of us in each one of the classes and asked us to go back to the people that had come to class and were no longer coming and asked them uh, to tell them that he personally was asking them if they would reconsider and come back down to class. And I want you to know that Dr. Kinley said that if he could, he would get in an airplane, fly over a city, and drop pamphlets out of the airplane, uh, inviting people in the city to come to class. And now on YouTube, we are putting out these lectures for everybody in the world that wants to hear, and Yahshua is leading them and bringing them in contact with these lectures across the world. And people are coming out of darkness and are led of the Spirit and brought right into this teaching. Read. Read 23 again, Ann. 24. Read 23 again. And the master said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Read. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Now, none of the ones that he originally invited, per, gave him personal invitations, are going to taste of his supper. Now, I want you to know that another place he talks about how that many are called, but fewer chosen. That's the one with the man coming in without the wedding garment. Uh, that's another, another parable. Now, I want you to know that we are called according to the purpose. And it's not enough just to be called. You are bidden to come down here to receive this great knowledge. And you've been called. But it's also necessary for you not just to be called, but also to be chosen. Because Yahshua said, many are called, but few are chosen. Now, when he says chosen, he didn't say choosing me. He's talking about him choosing you. And there are those that will come down here for a while, and you can read all about this in the 13th chapter of Matthew when he talks about the sower of seeds. They'll come for a while and endure, and then they wither and die, and they fall away. And that's according to the purpose. But if you have been chosen by him, you will never... Never walk away from this gospel and turn your back on this teaching because he's revealing it to you and that is causing you, you follow, to be a prisoner of Yahshua the Messiah and to be a part of this great teaching. So I want you to know that that's what's going on down here. We are trying to call the souls. We don't know who they are. Yahshua didn't give us a list. And we're going down all over the world looking up these people and trying to get, Look, he's given us a way to get this gospel out, both in our locales and across the world. 
and calling these souls that are led by the Spirit right down to the supper. And when we put the meal on the table for them and they partake of it, it's a heavenly supper. And I'll and one last scripture. I want you to go to Revelations, the third chapter. I think it's the 20th verse. Revelation 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Now listen, he said, I'm standing at the door and knocking. Now the door is the door of your consciousness. And we're knocking on that door with what we're preaching tonight. And if you open that door to allow these words to penetrate into your heart and mind, you are going to partake of the supper. And he said, if any man hear my words. Now, he doesn't mean that your physical hearing has a tympanic uh, uh, response to vibrations of the, of the sound. Hearer in the Bible means if any man understands my words. Now, Here's how he's going to accomplish that. Because he's going to speak the words, and then he's going to open up your heart and mind and reveal himself to you. And once you hear these words, once he's given you that revelation, you will never, ever, no more be the same. And as our founder used to say, if you catch on to what I'm talking about, well, then you'll die just that way. So I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, supper is served. All, every night of the week, pretty much now, there's a supper going on somewhere. Now, you eat to your heart's content. You know when you go to a, a, a big supper or a smorgasbord, you can't eat everything that's up there on that smorgasbord. You take enough to satisfy you, and then you have to take time to digest it and let yourself uh, then come to a point where you become hungry again. And we want you to know that we're here We've got the food. It's prepared. It's yours for the taking. I hope you got something out of it. I want to say peace to all of the brethren. We love Yahshua, and we love each and every one of you along with that. That's what this is about. It's a labor of love. So with that, I'll hand it back to the moderator. Thank you very much for your time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you to all the speakers this evening. Now to be dismissed with the doxology taken from the last two verses of the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Yahweh, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Let us all say... Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.